Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am well, actually recuperating slightly after a slight bug over the weekend, straight back into uh, the heady cold season. Now we're out and about in the UK, albeit meeting people outside. I think it's from my daughter, probably from her school friends and stuff like that. But yeah, I've had to miss a day of work with a cold and it's kind of sensitized or maybe realized how sensitive the world's going to be, isn't it, in post-pandemic to any ailment particularly as a presenter on screen on television, I suppose. I'm cognizant of that. The viewers' perception of our health is is paramount now more than ever, but also just around the office, places like that. Maybe there'll be a sea change of positive steps that when we do go back to the office, when people do go back in, who aren't doing jobs like me where we've been going throughout, that we do, I guess, have that sort of cognizance of, of other people and maybe don't go into work with the cold, so on and so forth. It changes your perception, doesn't it? But I hope you're well. Thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you to the sponsors, as ever, of the podcast, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AB, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. I'm sure Jason Briggs for reveling in the sunshine for his football club, local club AFC Cheltenham, just, I think, housed, homed in Bishop's Cleeve, which is a village to the north of the town of Cheltenham here in the west of England. Jason's shop, though, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham, around the corner in the courtyard, I believe open now as uh, all non-essential stores are in the UK from April as well, so a week into it. So uh, make sure you check out the store with Serene AV as well. It's not just the fine Bang Olufsen equipment they provide, but of uh, any other manner of bespoke home installation can counsel you on the whole kit and caboodle of your audio, televisual, experience at home whatever you're after so get in touch with bang Olufsen of cheltenham bno cheltenham on twitter bno underscore cheltenham i believe on twitter and instagram and they have their website bang Olufsen cheltenham uh, thank you to cytoplan for the continued association with the podcast food-based supplement company which i've been leaning heavily on the past few days actually taking a vitamin c a little bit of zinc extra as well to kick this head cold have uh, tested positive on a couple, uh, tested negative on a couple of times uh, for COVID. So don't worry, it's not that. I don't actually have the symptomology of of COVID nineteen, but you get anxious at these times. But nonetheless, I've been looking at vitamin C, zinc, as well as my immune complete supplement. I always take from Cytoplan. Drinking a drink called Purdy's as well, who aren't sponsors of the podcast, but that's loaded with uh, several vitamins, including vitamin C, which I tend to. Uh, I guess, go heavy on under the tutelage of my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who's a general practitioner doctor, but also a micronutritionist and always says to lean heavy on the vitamin C when you've got a bug. So I've been doing that, but I've been taking Cytoplan supplements for 20 years as well, believe in them and, and generally stave off colds and coughs pretty easily. I think the old immune system's a little bit out of uh, practice over the past year of social distancing and sterilization and my daughter going back to school, hopefully with uh, continued gusto uh, certainly has brought some coughs and colds back into the house which maybe we're more susceptible to than we would do in the past when we were more exposed to them uh, but cytoplan.co.uk if you would like to get some supplements which we've been taking for 20 years as i say as a family under the stewardship of my father and you can get 30 percent off the initial purchase 10 percent thereafter with the discount code draper 10r my last name d-r-a-p-e-r the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. So Draper 10R at cytoplan.co.uk. Right on the subject of uh, getting back into life, very pleased to welcome James Golden, fitness pro, aka uh, the fitness pro on Instagram. And he is a man who's got experience of training both athletes and celebrities and regular people, housed 
predominantly in the Bamford Barn at Dalesford Organic Farm in the Cotswolds, uh, quite near Stowe-on-the-Wold, Chipping Norton kind of way. If you're familiar with that part of uh, the UK, very kind of picturesque, idyllic place just to the north of, of London, around Oxford, between Oxford and, and Worcester, places like that. Um, but it's a beautiful part of the world. He's a fitness trainer there now, consults on gyms. He has run gyms before, so he consults on gym uh, sort of construction as well, things like that. So he's a very knowledgeable guy. And here we talk about maybe beach bodies coming up on a superficial, jokey level, but also just about going back to the gym because gyms have opened now in the UK. You have to book appointments, which is, I guess, creates a time pressure to it that maybe we didn't have before as well, makes it more efficient and maybe tempted to overdo things, particularly as well we may have been away from certain exercises that are machine-based or even sort of heavier weights, sort of deadlifts. Maybe you don't have, quite have those facilities at home. So it's good to speak to James about that. And here he is, the one and only James Goldham. And we're recording. James Golden, welcome back. I'm staring at a beautiful photo of you. I need one of these for Zoom, actually. But your uh, your photo shoot three years ago, you were telling me. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out, Ed. Yeah, <laughs> the left line in the forehead and that picture on the uh, on my Zoom profile. <laughs> you probably only had two kids then. You've doubled your tally since then, haven't you? So. <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. Family's increased in size since that picture for sure. My hair's not like that anymore either. No, so, you got it yeah, flat you now. You got it's me, but it's a side profile. My hair's definitely not like that anymore. Something very David Beckham-esque about the, the pose, actually. It's, it's pretty good. But how, how, how are you, mate? You've got the run of the house. You must be, doing, you must be uh, liberated there at the moment. Your, your kids are out on Easter holidays. That's a bonus. This is, this is like a, a real rare treat, actually. Yeah, kids are out. Um, gone to some, meet some uh, friends in the... Uh, in, in, I think I've gone to Bolton and Water. I've gone to Birdland and yeah. Bolton and Water. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's where everyone's at this afternoon, which is nice. Yeah. So I've come home, had some lunch, and now obviously talking to you. So it's a nice, uh, nice finish to the week. Yeah, my wife, I think we've been there. My wife loves the birdland sort of things, but I'm absolutely terrified because the birds kind of chase you around, especially over food and this sort of geese and all sorts. I find it quite, quite, I don't know, Hitchcockian. <laughs> I, I've experienced it. We have, I have been to birdland, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fun place. Kids love it. The kids just love yeah. it. Yeah. I think just get being a bit now this week being able to get out and about and the weather's obviously been dry this week it's been great for the kids to uh to get out and just to reconnect and just feel like uh, you know there's a bit of fun in life right yes no definitely yeah it's been quite chilly but sunny which is yeah absolutely kids don't mind at all get out there put a coat on run around and i mean my little girl zoe was trying to strip off to get in a paddling pool the other day even though it's about three degrees i think so they don't care once the sun comes out all yeah. weathers. We're, um, we're, we're, we've just got to brace ourselves and get out and get uh, get some get some fun back in life, get some fresh air back in the lungs. A hundred percent. But you you were telling me back at the Bamford Barn by Dalesford Organic in the Cotswolds there that you're still doing a lot of zooms, which means you, you you you're working out hard yourself because with the zooms you have to actually do the instruction. Yeah, like I mean, life's been very virtual over the course, well, on on and off for twelve months, but but over the last three months, obviously we've been shut as an operation so we've been offering a virtual program which um which has been really really successful actually mm. and it's continuing for the time being whilst we transition from the virtual teaching in small groups to um one-to-one -one and, and small groups that are permitted back into the building again so um we'll continue until mid-may yeah that's interesting how it works but you're saying that with that you basically have to it's different when you're in a in a room with people because you can wander around and offer advice on technique whereas you kind of have yeah. to just belt through the exercises what five days a week at the moment do is it half yeah, an hour every, uh, every day for you yeah. high intensity so, 
so in terms of the program, I mean, I, I, I'm the one that uh, delivers all the, the fitness training. So for me, there's a lot more physical and there's a lot more demands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yogis, a little bit less, obviously, they're still going to teach it and deliver it, but uh, it's probably less strenuous for them. So mm. I deliver the 11.30, the fitness program every day. So we've got a, a blend of Pilates, yoga, um, stretch and uh, fitness with me every, every, every day. Yeah, you did the kids one over the over the last half term, which was fantastic. Actually, my daughter and I, Zoe, took part in that. I know Jermaine Beck, right, Jermaine Beckford, the former Leeds player, was in on the call as well. So that was uh, mm-hmm. good fun seeing him. Seeing you guys on the Zoom, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Actually, it was good. I, I like. I felt good afterwards, but I'm not doing it every day. To be fair, so that's probably uh, a positive. <laughs> but what what's been the flavour of what people have said to you then? Because you've worked enmeshed in in, in physical training for two decades. Are people saying? They long for for the in in sort of human company of of group work, or do they still like the Zoom life, or is it going to be this dreaded word hybrid that we we're, we're going to look yeah. forward to in the future? I think the next couple of months going to be quite interesting. I think it's been obviously, as uh, we all know, there's been a real surge in gym equipment sales for home. Mm. Peloton have seen a, a big boost in sales. A lot of people have have um, discovered Peloton and, and and working training from home. So people have discovered they can find a way and they can do it. Mm. So I mean, everyone's different, and, and a lot of us have loathed to miss the gym. And I am definitely one of those pe- one of those people. So I think there is going to be a mix, and I don't think initially everyone's going to be dashing back. I think it will take a, a little bit of time, but I just believe that things will always return back to the way they were but it may well take it's not just going to be a sudden flick of the switch and everything's just going to go back to normal mm. so um it'd be it'd be an interesting time for um the health and fitness industry and i've read some articles in the last week or so with the challenge you know the challenges have been immense for, for health and fitness in the service industry generally mm. but the health and fitness industry has unfortunately really had a hard hit and um I, I did read that, that sort of that there is a likelihood that one in three fitness clubs may have to shut their doors because they can have not been able to ride the storm and yeah. cash is drained and it's unfortunately unlikely they're going to return back to operation. So, I mean, yeah, there, there may well be a shift in the way we do things and uh, the way things are, uh, the, way, the way they were in fitness. And But um, it's it's going to be one that we're going to have to... Um, do our best to see what it, as, a, as, a, as someone that's worked in the industry for 20 years to hopefully bring it back to where it was. But I think it'd be mm. definitely more of a focus towards our, you know, I think people have, have definitely stood up and said, actually, I, I need to make a change or I need to focus yeah. on my health and well-being. So I think there will be more um, people looking to, to, to embark on fitness. I don't think there's going to be, you know, a, a drop off from that perspective. I think it's just the case of how they go about it and how they do it. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. The sort of health legacy, hopefully, is a positive one from COVID-19, particularly as the sort of details of comorbidities and, and things like how your body mass index is significant in how you stave off the virus and, and things like that, and, and, and other viruses as well by association. It's always good to be in as good a condition as possible, whatever's knocking on the door of your immune system. It's interesting to say there that the people who are new to exercise, maybe with that health galvanizing effect of the pandemic, what they do but it's what the regular gym users do as well isn't it because it's interesting that although the as you say the fitness and, and leisure centers that have been under the pump because of this being closed for large stretches that they can open up theoretically now but it's still very limited like i joined a gym local to me primarily actually to give zoe as my six-year-old daughter an opportunity to swim regularly but they just you know i tried to book 
it's kind of like you can book once every two or three weeks with the way it's working at the moment. I'm sort of thinking, well, you know, I can't pay a monthly membership for two or three access points, which is, and then in the gym floor is obviously restricted. You have to book by appointment. So it's very hard for them. And I suppose with people who get those slots now, James, there'll be a sort of pressure to get in there and try and, you know, do as much as you can. But something we were talking about on text message this week was just that maybe something we should talk about is just how you approach getting back into lifting heavier weights. We know that benches have been sold uh, on the internet been sold out at times dumbbells barbells but maybe people go to the gym they want that that big hit you've got all the uh the iron palace in front of you but it, i suppose it must be sort of feeling your way back in isn't it if you haven't been doing heavy weights for a while yeah i think a lot of people are going to be definitely not quite where they were sort of pre-pandemic so a lot of people will find those initial few weeks the grit your teeth and find a way through it there's gonna be a bit of muscle soreness and but i think uh a lot of people that have, like myself, have, have always been um, just a bit sort of comfortable with the surroundings and the fitness and the, and the gym environment. My preference is always going to be to apply myself specifically in a gym environment. When I have found it, you know, I've, 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 I've kept myself ticking over at home. I've got some kettlebells, I've got some kit and I can chuck it around. But this is the home where my kids run around. This is the home where, you know, I'm on work calls. This is where it's all happening. It's sometimes quite chaotic. Yeah. And and you lose track of time. And for me personally, I find um, going to a gym is my, my kind of time away from my everyday life. So I think from that perspective, that's what, what it's always been for me. Um, but I've used the time that I've had brought back to me away from sort of work and to, to, to actually focus on my exercise and well-being at home it's just been different it's used me it's, it's you know it's, it's quick it's quicker isn't it the, the positive is you, you can do it more quickly i suppose is one positive you can you know yeah. a gym visit tends to you have to drive there get changed have a shower up yeah. which is part of the therapeutic process that you're talking about but practically maybe they like said it'd be a mix and match of both where we do some workouts at home and then maybe for a longer break we go we go to the gym yeah, I wrote a piece. It was it was actually very early on at the start of lockdown, not anticipating it was going to prolong like it has. But it was it was the comparison between the gym and the home workout. And if memory serves me right, you know, I was kind of talking about the, the saving on time, training at home, and not to mention saving on finances. Not to mention not having to actually have the best gym gear and looking, you know, our best mm. in the gym. We can do it in our essentially in our <laughs> our whatever at home without being judged Boxer um, and, and we've got some time back and we can you know we can do it in a way because gyms can be quite intimidating to people there's no doubt that some people walking into a gym environment they look at it and, it, and, and it's not comfortable so you know that that for many you know they they've actually found exercising at home possible and they've never really been too bothered about the gym so i, I think the ones that have always been comfortable in the gym will be straight back in um, and the ones that have kind of always been um, either part-time gym goers, not really enjoyed it, they, they might find that they may have found a, a solution at home. But however, yeah. they may have really felt actually they've desperately missed the gym. Well, we'll need to be seen. I mean, group fitness is not back up and running yet. I mean, group fitness is something that's really took off massively in the last decade. In particular, yeah. you know, spinning classes and all the variations on the group fitness timetable and and the way the industry was going. Um, there was a big surge in boutique group fitness studios. So if you look at all the variations of them in London, if we look at 
concepts that just deliver experiences. Mm. I think people were buying into the experiences of spinning, the experiences of hit training and yoga. So there were bespoke studios that were offering those. And they are fantastic. They are so motivating. And so, so we're all engineered differently and we all have our kind of likes and dislikes. And, you know, going to a spin class with a real energy and a great instructor and, and the lighting and, and everything that the, the whole sort of, sort of experience offers, you can't beat that hope. I mean, you, mm. can't, you can't match that. So No, yeah, the human, human community feel. Although I had a shambolic yeah. experience trying to do spin class with uh, Carla's dragged me along one time and I've got no sense of rhythm and it was all, it was an instructor who tried to do it to the music so that was for me was just a hopeless uh, <laughs> a hopeless challenge like trying to actually work out whilst doing it in the in the sort of beat of the the dance music that was blaring out I was just you've got to try things right so sometimes yeah. you've got to try a second or third time before you really can make the full decision but, <laughs> I, know. Um, I think there are spin must... classes that are more computer based as well so it's more about what level you're on on the bike rather than the music okay. per se but Using yeah some of the tech yeah, yeah. Spin Spinning's evolved so much in the last 20 years with, with the tech that's in it now and subsequently like the, the, the visionary and the experience. So when I was involved in spinning right at the get-go really, um, sort of late 90s, early 2000s, it was very much like six bikes in the corner of a gym with a, with a, um, a boom box mm. <laughs> yeah. and, a, and, a, and a microphone on the instructor that's cut out every five minutes. But now <laughs> you've created this kind of environment where spinning rooms are set in a way they're really cool they're they're raw they're edgy they've got a real cool experience and the sound quality um and everything about it is just just finely tuned yeah if you if you were doing an exercise again for the first time say for weights like doing a bench press with a barbell would you just take it easy would that be the sort of almost not you're not a beginner again but just to test out what weight feels comfortable when you're going back in there if you're looking to do i guess the standard eight to twelve reps they will be building a, a you know a foundation again because you know to go in and start just trying to lift the same weights that we were doing back 12 months ago if we haven't done it in that period of time naturally you would you, you would have regressed so you, you want to build that foundation back up and it may be a case of just activating those muscles with just simple body weight movements and then just lightly introducing the resistance over the over the forthcoming weeks so you would need to really have a plan that just introduces the muscles the activation because otherwise there's going to be some some uncomfortable muscle soreness experience over the course of the, the, the first few sessions back. Yeah, or even worse still, you, you work out to failure and, and drop a weight on you or something like that, which yeah. is the worst worst case scenario. Um, but it is that, that, yeah, your ego always takes over, doesn't it, when you get back in there sometimes? I know. The I brain can do it. Says, I can, you know, I've been that 18 months ago and I can do it now, but, but if you haven't done it for that length of time, you know, the, the chances are you may need to build back up to yeah. where you were. So um start simple get the get the basics right simply you know get get a simple plan in place and build things back up and make it progress and progressive mm. and don't put pressure on yourself you know in the day i think you know the, the, the living a healthy lifestyle is not just a case of of going in and, and, and really hard and fast it's, it's all got to be um an, an overall approach you know how we kind of focus on a healthy healthy approach to to living yeah i think it's going to be quite time sensitive isn't it because the way my gym is doing it at least i think it's hourly slots that you book and i just wonder you have to be sort of realistic about what you can fit in can't you make make sure you give enough rest periods between your sets or whatever you're doing but also can you get around things like maybe warm up on the way to the gym you know walk or jog to the gym and, and maybe things like that or walk home afterwards to try and cool off and, and stretch at home do you think there's try, try to be a bit inventive around using that time to its maximum that you have in the actual gym floor 
possibly. I, mean, I think the one thing with many of us over the last 12 months, we've all had to get a bit more creative and that's creative in, in, in various areas, in our entertainment, you know, mm. just keeping keeping our, our children focused on um, at home, there's been less social interaction. And, and again, by our health and well-being, we've had to get a little bit more creative with regards to that. So, and it's still, you know, we're not completely normal in, in, in operation with regards to going to a health club and a gym. So there is restrictions, there is still challenges, there's certain, um, as, you, as you just mentioned, you've got to book time. So therefore it's it all become, it, it, it depends on your diary and, your, and what commitments you have. So it may well be that you are looking at various ways, like you say, to, <laughs> to kind of make it more impact-based and, and maximise the time that you can commit. So yeah. if it means that you are therefore, I mean, stretching your movement, and you know, that's a vital component of, of keeping your body fit and healthy. It may, be, may well be that you focus on that component at home or you do it, like you say, pre-arrival at the gym or, or, or post-returning um, home. Yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting how people how people juggle it. And I suppose, yeah, just being realistic with that time that you have and less is more sometimes. And, you know, something's better than nothing almost. Don't try and do the, maybe the two, you know, try and squeeze the hour and a half workout you used to do into, into an hour or whatever time you have. And hopefully that those restrictions continue to ease and next month there's a bit more freedom around when we can go to the gym and what what other topic we talked about in a a hit was possibly beach bodies you suggested and that's an interesting one that comes up at the moment I think it'd be great to be on the beach in the in the sunshine but probably still need a big coat so I wouldn't be um too much revealing in terms of the body yes yeah exactly yeah well yeah at the moment I think it's quite laborious to try and go abroad so I suppose we have to think um think UK as as well for the for the short term at least but what is what is the ideal beach body? Is that changing? Has that changed since you worked? Is it, is it changed for men and women? What people see as the, the ideal type? Well, you know, I think we're all, we're all different in our, in our own individual right. And there's never been a, there is not a one size fits all plan or program that's going to service everybody. Mm. We're all completely different. And we've all got goals and aspirations. If we're focused on going to a gym and we do focus on our health and well-being, you know, typically there is a, there is a, there is a goal behind that so there's something we want to be doing a lot of us are just trying to maintain our, our health but there is a there is a percentage of people that are exercising that want to look good feel good so therefore this is the, typically the time of year that people do um embark on a type of training or an approach to their lifestyle that's going to change themselves to look better for summer more exposure mm. to you know our skin becomes more exposed yeah and, and the it gets warmer so a lot of people will focus for those reasons Hello, James. You still there, bud? Sorry, yeah, still there. Sorry, thought I lost it. <laughs> I think you're drifting off, dreaming about um, beach bodies. Then, <laughs> so, I mean, the beach would be nice. I've been, I mean, very, uh, I mean, easy to drift off and think about a beach. It's been a long time since yeah. someone out of the UK. And, do, but, do, you th- um, do you think for men that it's got more muscular, the ideal type? It seems, or is that just? I think just in, in popular culture, the the heroes that we have, people like The Rock and Vin Diesel, seem to have got. Bigger yeah. and bulkier than perhaps the guys, although we had Schwarzenegger more, when we when we were kids. Is there more pressure on us? Is there more? Um, are we as males that? I mean, you, I mentioned I, I was listening to a, one of your podcasts actually. You, you were talking quite heavily on social media and the impact that that has on us. Mm. And we see people that we only we only see the best side of us on so, through social media. So subsequently, we're only going to put the pictures up that we're happy with, right? So yeah. we often filter them, or we might take ten to get the best one. That's typically with a lot of. <laughs> 
reach that point. Um, I don't. <laughs> no. Well, it could be a shock. It could be a shock when you meet some people. You like you only know them through social media, and you're like, oh, is it you yeah. yeah. So, so therefore, that kind of put a bit of pressure on us as as, um, yeah, as, as males and females in society that sees you know, what, what what comes through on social media, and is there is sometimes a bit of pressure, especially the younger generation now. A lot more pressure and a lot more, um, I guess, engagement with social media to, to look and feel good. So it, it's a case of, of, of really being feeling happy about yourself. And we're all focusing on ourselves to be better versions of us. But if we do exercise, we want we would like to see some impact there or certainly feel that we're making a difference with regards to our health and well-being. Yeah. And if you try to shift a couple of pounds, I mean, to put it sort of simplistically, yeah. I guess you, you mentioned the word lifestyle. That is the, the key, isn't it? Because yeah. it's that balance between if you are going to be exercising, getting enough fuel for the exercise, but then maybe, you know, slightly modifying your intake. So you're in a calorific deficit so that you can then lose weight. Isn't it? That's the, the crux of, of the matter, but not trying to do that overly dramatic, which could shock your body. Yeah. Like I said, the one size fits all. There isn't there isn't a training program or even a lifestyle plan we can say right. This is perfect for you, Ed. It's worked for everyone that I've ever worked with because that's not the case. And a lot of the time, it is getting the basics right around the lifestyle: drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, ensuring your your active living is sufficient enough. So if we're going to the gym and we're putting in half an hour three times a week, but our step count is barely breaking mm. five thousand, and we're at the desk for seven eight yeah. nine hours a day at, at uh, home at the moment, yeah. 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 I, I listened to a guy talking on the radio uh three months ago and it was it was about the impact of working from home and he said the commute what it had taken away was that natural reason to be um more active mm. so therefore he wasn't taking as many steps so his step count what from commuting from car from car to platform on the, on the train from station to the office just pooling around the office walking out to get his lunch he would always get over ten thousand steps a day hmm. now working from home he was barely getting three thousand wow. so he accumulated that over the course of the best part of 12 months now so where he was losing the best part of seven thousand steps a day over the course of the week Mm. Seven thousand times five, Monday to Friday, is you know, is the best part of miles. 35, yeah, thirty-five thousand steps there that were being missed out on. So spread that across the month, we've got a best part of one hundred and forty thousand. My maths is not great, but roughly <laughs> ten months over a million. Wow, you know, a million steps has not been delivered. Not he's not done unless he forces himself to go out and do that. Yeah, so the lunch, the lunchtime break. Yeah. Yeah, try to use a lunchtime break at home. But yeah, wow, that is mad. The it? energy output was down that much. So, you know, forget about just going to the gym and putting in a half an hour. Sometimes it's just the basics have been removed or they're not being delivered. I mean, that's just an example. And that was something that just resonated with me because it's mm. like, wow, yeah, there is a, there's been a lot of um, restriction and people really have had challenges with regards to energy output, you know, because they haven't had a, they haven't had a, a reason or, a, you know, just, just, just a, 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 almost like a, um excuse yeah an incentive to go and do that extra <laughs> extra half a mile that extra mile but it's why it might be better to have your you know work in your spare room as far as you can from the kitchen so that at least when you want a cup of tea or coffee you have to walk down yeah. the stairs to to get there it's interesting how that plays in as you say because it's that compound exercising isn't it we all know about compound spending and maybe we saved a bit on that because we're not buying the snacks mm. and treats that we usually would on the train on the way to work but 
that you know, like I said, that accumulation of movement over the over the course of time. That maybe you try and factor that into how you're yeah. living at home if you're still working at home, which it seems a lot of people will be for for a good while. Yeah. So, I mean, that that just purely because of that the way they've been obviously forced back into you know obviously retreat to work at home, which you know just just the way it is. It's, you know, we haven't been able to. So unless he forces himself to go out and deliver the extra what he was missing out on, if he's still eating the same i mean there's mm. that might will change as well you know the whole calorie deficit you mentioned that a second ago maybe way out so all of a sudden there may be more calories coming in because we're we're consuming at home we're picking we're not as and we're not as active so the combination unfortunately is only going to push the body weight one way and that's going up the body yeah percentage is likely to increase do you, do you think people should research how much according to their weight and activity level be honest about their activity level they should be consuming calorifically is that how you would do it or is that too I guess detail too um, too officious for some people to do that. They like it to be more yeah. natural in terms of weight loss and and maintenance. I think a lot of it's just understanding the balance, the difference between the carbohydrates, saturated fats, unsaturated fats, knowing you know what's what's good, what's not, and just getting moderation in life and being as active as you possibly can without for you know okay you know we want to do something we don't encourage people to do things they don't enjoy. Don't force yourself to be going to the gym if you don't want to go find a way of what, what's enjoyable to you in terms of activity i know you, you like five or side football and probably play when you and i play tennis socially so it's finding what works for you in terms of your activity and, and actually enjoy you enjoy doing yeah so i think enjoyable um making activity enjoyable is is, is crucial for your sustainability and then just really an understanding of um of of us in terms of what how, how we should approach our life in terms of health and well-being and what's going in Definitely. Yeah. And it's interesting it's how you, you just move about the body. I mean, a lot of it is down to what we eat and how we live our life there. So the food is going to be the biggest factor in terms of making changes to our aesthetics mm. and reducing that body fat. Sometimes it's quite demoralizing, isn't it? If you go on a treadmill or something in the gym and you see how many calories you burn in even moderate running it for half an hour, then you look at the, yeah. the, the packet of a chocolate bar and think, wow, this, you know, this yeah. takes a good hour of exercise to burn this off. It's phenomenal Sorry. sometimes. Uh, and, if, and if you flip over what the content is in a chocolate bar or you know, whatever's, whatever you decide to put in your body, how easy it is to put on calories. So calories can go into the body extremely easy. And you know yourself, you've got to work quite hard to get the calorie out because calories just a measure of energy. So we can put more energy in, but if we don't use it, that energy is going to only do one thing. It's going to convert into fat. Naturally, it's going to push our body weight up over time. Three and a half thousand calories typically make a pound of fat. So, you know, we can work out the maths there of, of, of what we need to do to actually either move our move the needle one way or the other. And yeah, quite easy to do over over a period of a week or whatever it may be, as as you say. And um, I think yeah. I think you're right. Actually, sometimes because going into doing extreme exercise as well for people can actually galvanise their appetite to a detrimental level. Whereas maybe as you say, just part of it is that just moving around little bits here and there that doesn't stress your body, but just will keep that yeah. calorie out going ticking over. Sure, any good lifestyle plan should, should just get the basics right first. And, and I would encourage people to look at. You know, the water they drink, you know, how much water they're drinking, how much sleep they're getting, and how active they are on a day-to-day -day basis, just naturally, without even thinking about adding in any form of structured fitness. The structured mm. fitness can come additionally, and then we 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 really need to understand a little bit about the food and the nutrition because you know that's crucial. So it's 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 really just getting those basic core elements of of living a healthy life first and foremost, and then we can build on that.
Is seven hours still the, the basis for sleep? I know that Matthew Walker and the University of Berkeley's done a bit on that, and they call it the sort of, I guess, the foundation of all health. What, yeah. what do you advise people to get? I know it does vary again, but is there a, a yeah. minimum that you look for? Well, I, I read that book. I think you've read that book mm. also. And that really opened my eyes to the importance of sleep, because I think prior to reading, well, yeah, probably prior to reading that, I, I probably didn't give sleep the respect <laughs> enough. Yeah. I felt because I was fit and healthy that I could easily get away with six hours quite comfortably. And that was, you know, I felt fine on that. But um, having read that and the importance of it, it really brought back, it really did, it really did um, kind of bring uh, bring home that actually I'm, I'm doing myself an injustice there in terms of everything else I'm doing. So I'm, I'm, I'm very selective on my food and I'm very focused on my exercise. I enjoy it. So I've got those elements right. Mm. I'm very good with the amount of water I drink. I don't drink much alcohol. So I'm very focused generally through my life on how, you know, how healthy I am. But I was quite um, a bit, I, was, I wasn't given sleep. Blase, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I would, I would typically sort of stayed up till half past 11 and be quite happy to jump out of bed at six o'clock. Mm. No problem. I'm quite an early riser, but it wasn't giving me the, what, what really what my body needed. Yeah. needed You've got young kids up. as well. Yeah, that might affect so, that too. Yeah. So um, I've, I've focused on that quite heavily in the last um, three to four years. It's made quite a big difference around obviously having, having children and kids waking up at night. But, you know, that, that is what it is. But I've always been quite focused now on, on switching off and, and, and actually putting devices down by nine o'clock and not having that kind of, you know, energy whizzing yeah. around your head and really thinking about my body starting to cleanse down between nine and ten and then, then shutting off from ten o'clock. I'm always trying to be asleep between ten and half past ten. Yeah, I'm a natural early riser, so I'm always up between six and half past six. So therefore, I'm, I'm always getting as close as I can to the eight-hour um, mm. window. But uh, so I'm certainly giving it much more, much more um, thought when 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 I go to sleep and shutting down and thinking about in advance when I'm up in the morning and why I've got to be up to do what. Yeah, that that's a big thing actually. The devices you mentioned, I think actually one of my colleagues at Sky Sports, Tony Wrighton, is a presenter on Sky Sports News. He's recently shifted my phone to night mode actually, which has been a big help. Just the fact that it changes the sort of stimulation you get from it when you look at it at night and, and things like that. And with shift work, I'm just cognizant that I, yeah sometimes have to try and have a line afterwards if I'm back really late at night or early in the morning, and then I'm getting up early is just maybe modify what I do exercise wise the next day because you know that you're liable to pull a hamstring or something like that. So. It's, uh, it all goes into the pot. It is detrimental to your, you know, wherever you open up risks to, like you say, breakdown of injury. And, and I think there's more, there's more attention there, particularly with athletes now as well, about the importance of, of that, um, with the impact on your body and reducing the stress on the body and the physical demands of, of ensuring that you've got enough time that your body's cleansing down fully, mentally mm. and physically. So I'm certainly no expert around, you know, the, the whole, the whole sleep, um, patterns but however i know damn well now the advice that i'll give to people is to ensure that you are giving it the respect it deserves yeah respect caffeine as well is always a good one isn't it don't have caffeine too late at night as much as a, a post-dinner coffee always seems appealing like you do on holiday but it's it's not great if you've got to get up early in the morning for sure no not ideal no no <laughs> well james great to speak um obviously we can go into more detail as you say everyone's individual and again how how do they contact you what's the best place through the the instagram account aka a underscore fitness pro or is it the the website yeah i'm active on instagram so ak underscore fitness pro is, is is my instagram handle um obviously I'm, i offer my uh, my services at the bamford wellness spa in the cotswold so i'm involved 
offering my fitness services there. And I have a website, which is the fitnesspro.co.uk. So I do write a blog on that as well. And I've got a um, number of services that I offer around health and fitness. Nice. Well, good stuff, mate. If you hang on the line before we, when we wrap up, I'll, we'll, we'll organise the next tennis game because that is good, as you say. It's great chasing a ball. It definitely um, gives me more of a, a catalyst to keep moving than, than just jogging That's around it. the block. I think, <laughs> I think it's been six months, right? I know. Tuning, tuning those motor skills and, um, and uh, yeah, the, fir- the, fir- the first time out on the court... <laughs> That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, my mate's given me a nice racket, actually, bizarrely. So he had two rackets, so he's given me a nice one. So I've, uh, I'll be very, very lucky there. So hopefully I can use it when we meet up soon. Okay. If the road test it on me, mate. I've got, <laughs> I've, got, I've got to get a couple of back on you. You beat me the last few times. Uh, I know. Well, you, you, you did some wonderful approaches to the serve volley game, but I'm sure we can uh, we can hone our skills as well. <laughs> yeah. Have a post-match beer as well. James, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks again, mate. Great stuff. So there we have it, James Golden. Yeah, and interesting on that note of how things change is whether people will flock back to gyms en masse. Scary that James is saying that one in three gyms in the UK fitness centres will close in the wake of the pandemic. Obviously, the financial impact of the past year, but potentially changing of habits as well. People getting used to working from home, simplicity of that time-wise. But then, as he says there, there is a escapism, particularly if you've got commitments at home with family to get to the gym for an hour to just kind of focus on that, maybe not get distracted as you would do at home, be part of that kind of hubbub of, of home life. But yeah, and also buying equipment over the past year, do you then just shelf that equipment or maybe go to the gym less than you did before, just mix it up. So I think it's maybe pay as you go becomes the option, doesn't it? Places like Pure Gym. You know, I've done fitness courses as well in gyms. It's going to be interesting to see how they how they really develop and what, what our attitude to is it. As I say, it's kind of making it quite a commitment now that you have to book an appointment in loads of walks of life so it then complicates your planning because you think realistically will I be able to go whereas in the past you'd kind of have your kit bag with you and just drop into a gym as and when wouldn't you obviously it's a small price to pay in the relative landscape of the pandemic but I just wonder whether people's behavior will change we shall see good to speak to James Golden as well let loose at home with his uh, wife and children out it's four kids brave man uh, so if you want to follow him aka underscore the fitness pro really knowledgeable and um yeah, kind of, I think, very neutral on lots of things because he realises the individuality of it, which is a precious point, I believe, that sometimes there's a sense that fitness and lifestyle is ubiquitous, but actually and you have to kind of tailor your own attitude to health and well-being. And that changes as you get older as well, doesn't it? Don't want to overdo it so much. And you kind of have to do a rest, your sleep, which is a big one for me, is trying to keep that rest and sleep as a fulcrum of physical and mental health. So great to speak to James Golden. If you uh, would like to follow him, do so. Let me know what you think of the podcast. James is a semi-regular guest. Good to get him on on a manner of topics. And that kind of uh, that sort of beach body thing, isn't it, about kind of just moderating your calorie intake, really, or balancing it out, figuring it out, working out where you are, whether that's through touch and feel, just knowing yourself, or whether that's through actually analysing the calorie intake and working out what your daily requirements are, adjusting for for exercise and movement around you in the day and things like that. But it's an interesting topic, isn't it? I think the beach body thing is probably unique again to the individual, but there is a sort of plethora of muscle-bound men from a, a male perspective. There's sort of huge hulking figures like the rock that maybe were a little bit impacted by that weren't around when I was younger. It was a very different ideal that was was presented. And that sort of musking, muscly hulking figure certainly isn't achieved anywhere but a gym with long, long hours and much dedication. Um, but there we go. Uh, thank you for him and if you would like to rate the podcast on iTunes whatever platform you're listening to this is on Spotify as well as I think 10 or 11 other podcasts about 12, 13 total on uh, 10 or 13 platforms that is 12 or 13 platforms 
That'd be fantastic if you could. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can follow me, Ed Draper81, on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper81. I'm a sports broadcaster in the UK, working predominantly for Sky Sports, but enjoy doing this podcast on the side as well. And thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who enabled me to do so. Huge support recently. Remember to check out Bang Olufsen Cheltenham's website for the latest audio and televisual equipment and indeed maybe a bespoke kind of plan that they could offer you or a consultation around your home entertainment and uh, siteofplan.co.uk if like me you've been assailed by coughs and colds from your kids or wherever if you're returning to work make sure you check out um, siteofplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk 30% off your initial purchase with the discount code DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the number's one zero, and the capital letter R, and uh, 10% thereafter, I believe, if you're a repeat customer at cytoplan.co.uk. So I'll go away now and load up on some, some more vitamin C, vitamin C, you may call it in the sun here, actually, my garden, in getting some uh, vitamin D, which is much needed, and hopefully that'll boost the whole response to this cold that I've had over the past couple of days and cost me my place at work, but making the most of it here. Thank you for listening to the podcast, guys, and I will speak to you again soon. Goodbye for now.